0: Shop of Maniacs, you are listening to another episode of the Shop... Ch- what? Hey, what? No, hey, no, you can't come in <gasps> right now. No, I, I'm busy. No, i I said, hip hop, hip hop, you know who it is. I'm the hip hop dad, I'm rapping to the beat. You gotta get your shoes <laughs> on your feet. I said, shoes, socks, brush your teeth. Shoes, socks, brush your teeth. Get out the door. Go to school, uh, learn something, the golden rule. Yeah. Hey, I'm the hip-hop dad, and I get my kids out the door every morning. Wow. The Sugar Hill Dave. Yeah. Yep. Sugar Hill Dave, the hip-hop dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's very popular in my house. <laughs> oh, I bet he is. You oh, can't, gosh. You can't, can't come over here anymore. Sorry. I don't know what that guy's doing. Anyway. Uh, I wish Chris. I had a cool dad to come visit. Yeah. In the morning. Sometimes you gotta motivate your kids and he shows up, <laughs> hip hop dad comes over and, and the <laughs> kids just kind of out of brute force, they just want to get away from you. So they put on their shoes and socks and get out the door.
1: So there you Good I see you've been I see you've been shamed into being a, a
0: cooler dad from Bandit. Oh friggin' bandit. He let's talk about bandit healer. Um <laughs> From the TV show Bluey, the kids animated series Bluey. I don't know if you feel it, but I feel like I, I uh, he sets a high standard for being a dad, and it is um, he does impossible he does to to just be yes and at every moment. <laughs> I would, love, but he, but he's also very real in that he is laying on the couch most of the time. (laughs) Like staring at his phone. Right, which which makes him relatable
1: and he's got the jokes. So you're like, what a cool guy. But at a meta level, this like, yeah, I got a $5 million home at the top of a hill and I'm obviously successful in my career as like an anthropologist or something and have just absolutely unlimited time and energy to play every single game my kids think of and they absolutely adore me for it. To the point where like, you know, there's like the movies episode or like, oh, Bluey's never seen a movie or whatever. Like, oh, my God, your kids are so perfect. They don't even look at screens.
0: <laughs> they, they only have Jeez. wood blocks in their house. They're beautiful. <laughs> uh, what, what, Australian children. They're perfect Australian children. Uh, we're never going to get there. Anyway. They have imaginations. They don't just yell at me about Roblox. Yeah, I want to see the Bluey episode where where Bluey's like, "Can I have twenty five Robux? Can I?" <laughs> <laughs> Happy Easter. What do you want? <laughs> twenty five Robux. Oh my God. Are you sure you want to put a bunch of money into like digital hats? Yes. So,
1: anyway, I have one nephew now who's just old enough to uh, have a have a phone. But I think under limited circumstances. But anyway, he was used just last night we got a uh, I got a pack of um of screenshots of the Amazon app of just stuff that he wants. There you go.
0: <laughs> He's just using Uncle Chris, <laughs> that's how yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. And
1: it's like this like cardboard finger skateboarding yeah, setup, yeah. you know, which looked pretty cool and You know, it was all pretty reasonable. I I, I assume his parents okayed it because, uh, you know, it's nice to actually know what your nephews actually want rather than just winging it, you
0: You know? know, I mean, yeah, it's like, I think for my nephews, they're very great kids. uh, But it was just like, do you want like a Best Buy card? And they're like, yeah, I do. (laughs) But it's like they live in a small town. They don't even have a Best Buy. They have to drive 30 minutes to get to the Best Buy, you know? So Mm. it's just like. Do you, do you want this? Is this helpful? So, but they can, they, I don't know. The older the kids get, the the more they actually like to apply their own money, you know? So, they're, they're very, become very uh, motivated by that. So, yeah. Well, I got a
1: couple of things to, to sh- throw by you. Let's see. Whoa. Let's go. One of them was I was, I was, I was thinking about cascade layers a little bit, which I'm 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 hot on the existence of them in CSS and medium cool on the like yeah but I don't I don't have my brain isn't reaching for them quite yet even though I I get it, but I just am like waiting for the perfect use case. But I do think there is a perfect use case, which is basically Bootstrap. Almost even as hosts of this show, how many like questions and crap we've heard about Bootstrap over the years. And we know for sure that it's used in just a heaping pile of production stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's popular and for good reason. You know, it's useful. You don't, you know, you almost, you just. To use the classes it tells you to use, and you know whether your site is extremely beautiful or not. Maybe not, but it really gets the job done. And not every site needs bespoke design. So rock and roll, right? But the horror stories come in in front-end development when it's like we're we're trying to override Bootstrap. Mm-hmm. It's that's always what it is, you know. Yeah. And they have a customization story for Bootstrap if you go with the grain of whatever ex- they tell you to do exactly, you know, like download mm. the SAS project and adjust the SAS variables or whatever. But not everybody uses it that way. The web is a big place, whatever. There's plenty of developers that have been in this situation of trying to pile on. Bootstrap's already there. All I can do is add CSS to the party mm-hmm. and I need to fix it, you know? So I think if you took, in that situation, Wherever you load Bootstrap, you just add a couple of extra characters to that, if if it's an import statement, (laughs) that is. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. this doesn't work with link tags yet, but maybe you could convert to an at import situation in a build process or something. At import, and then at the end of that import statement, you just say layer parentheses bootstrap or give it a name you get to make up the name call it framework or whatever Mm -hmm. now you've immediately put the entirety of bootstrap assuming it's bundled into one file into a layer and now you have the choice to make another layer on top of that that will automatically win every fight with bootstrap you win regardless of specificity so i've just this you know i was just dunking around with it and i was like man that is just great (laughs) So I I just like I have a pen mm-hmm. where at the top of it I just import bootstrap you know from a CDN say layer framework and and then use grab some like Bootstrap html div class equals card div class equals card body h5 class equals card title p class equals card text you know you put this on the page and it makes a real nice looking card you know with a real mm-hmm. nice little button at the bottom of it with the but then you're like, mm, I don't like the amount of spacing, let's say, on that card title between the H5 and the P. Now that Bootstrap's in this framework layer, I can just write H5, margin bottom two rem instead of one or something, because that's, what, that's yeah. what this override needs. That H5 selector, the wimpiest of all selectors in CSS, you know, just an element selector, will win over Bootstrap. No fighting. No fighting necessary at all. You know, you don't have to double the class. You don't have to make sure it's later in the source. You don't have to add an ID. You don't have to double the class. I don't know.
0: The like existence is like yeah. Like it you, just you've automated. Sort of, you know what I'm missing from like hierarchy, right? Of that came out in layers. I'm not saying it's wrong. I think everything's there for a reason. Smart people worked on it. Uh, but but what's missing is, like, I wish I had I could just spread the rest into the the zero layer, and then I mm. write l- an important layer, you know? And, and then my styles are always important. Like, I wish there was a way to transport existing stuff to that default layer, you know? Like, does that make sense? Because right now, it like, does. unlayered stuff is the most... Most powerful, right? Unlayered stuff is most yes. powerful.
1: Yes. And it, that was, that was like, a, that felt like a last minute switcherino because I, I had, I, at one point, I had in my brain, like, oh, yeah, layers are, layers are more powerful. So you, anything that you layer up, you can layer on top of what you're already doing. And that made some kind of conceptual sense to me that I'd have this superpower above all existing styles. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of still do that. You just have to, yeah, like you see, you can't, you know, you have to be really explicit, about it you'll have to wrap it in a layer that is intentionally the top layer or the bottom layer, rather, because those unlayered styles are the most powerful.
0: Yeah. And so it's not wrong. It's just, yeah, those unlayered styles are the most powerful. Guess what? I have a lot in my existing application unlayered, style. unlayered styles. Yeah, exactly. So they're, they're in components, they're in, uh, files they're in sass partials you know i you know like i think there is a future here where i i do something totally different you know i'm doing yeah nesting without sass you know and i i just have like yeah you know giant css files again or something i don't know (laughs) i still need partials so um, that's why that having a
1: a layer thing on the link tag would be good because it's kind of like if you're trying to solve that Thing will be like, well, your CSS is linked up somewhere, right, Dave? Just put yeah. layer equals lowest old, yeah, on that, and then and then you're kind of good to go. Uh Okay, so it, it's yeah, it's whatever. That it, it's like a little bit of semantic dancing in order to get that to, to yeah, work. Yeah,
0: it just it just creates a question or like a situation where I, as an author, cannot I, I cannot play with layers. I cannot like g- slowly enter layer land, I have to kind of go all in, you know, like Mm. with with layers. Well, worse is think third party. You have no choice. If you're
1: linking third party, they're unlayered.
0: They're unlayered right now, you know, and so like, that's where I just wish I could be kind of like, you know, maybe, that. I don't know. I'm not, I don't think anything's wrong, but I do wonder, the nice thing about container queries, the nice thing about uh, media queries, the nice thing about you know, lots of at properties is I can do them and know they'll fail, you know, like I I can progressively enhance into them, right? You know, if I use layer right now, it is a progressive enhancement, you know, like those styles will just show up for browsers that understand it, but I have authored weaker styles. And so now, you know, that's that's my only like critique or, or like, Pain point. because i have a situation right now where you know like spacing classes right and then you're like i'm just gonna set like a default rhythm a gap of like one rem you know but on this certain one it's five rem you know uh, we've been overhauling the entire spacing of Luro recently looks real nice but um but we you know it's it's been this like battle you know and i had to like I'm trying not to use like important classes on all my spacing because um, I'm just like, well, I don't want to like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be that aggressive. But like I, you know, but I, I'm thinking like, wouldn't it be cool? If maybe I could put my spacing rules in a default layer and then my overrides or my specific like ordinal card, you know, like inline block end or whatever is or inline end is that's in the more important layer does that mean i'm describing this terribly but like i basically create a layer called important i create a layer called default and i create a layer called overrides and in overrides would always win so maybe i need to think about it that way and start authoring that way but um It's hard. It's hard. You do have these in production, huh? Yeah, yeah. Just today shipped out or last night. So, oh my gosh, really nice, and no, no reports, no problems. (laughs) Uh, There was a (laughs) stayed up late to uh, fix a bug where something was breaking out of the container on a few pages, and I just was like, I thought, I know, I fixed it. Uh, You know that feeling where like you are like I fixed it, and I think it just got stomped in a rebase or something. You know, like yeah, yeah. Which can actually happen, yeah.
1: I have kind of a two-computer problem, uh, kind of the work one and the yeah, and the laptop one. And, you know, just I was, you know, somebody's like, I thought you've, you know, I don't know, or is like, why isn't this done on this PR? I'm like, I did. I did that. But I'm like, ooh, is it just sitting as like a commit I didn't push on another computer or something? Uh, uh. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you by Frontend Masters. That's frontendmasters.com. Hey, Dave. They're pretty good, right? Uh, I'm a big fan, big fan. Heck yeah. They're a super... I I don't know. They just run a good business over there. Lots of good learning material. One thing you should do is click that learn link in the header. You'll take to their learning paths area, just slash learning at Frontend Masters. And this is what I was so envious of when I was running CSS Tricks is that I never had like course material that was like, start here do these things and it will train your brain forward in this arena. Cease the Strix was never good at that. It was more like a newspaper, just somewhere where you just like landed via Google or whatever. This is better than that. This, <laughs> th- this is learning done right because you, you know, there's like this big SVG circle that fills out the percentages of, of finishing a course. It gives you that satisfaction of actually learning something, right?
0: Yeah. My, uh, the way my brain works is like, you know, I it's so much easier to follow a course like end to end versus like piecing together fifty two different blog posts and YouTube videos and stuff like that and hoping I understand like React or something like that. So uh, that's what I really like about Frontend Masters is like it's taught by experts, everything like that. Yeah, man. But it, and it it's great. And one of the most common questions on Shop Talk Show is like, what do I need to learn next or whatever? Well, there's your answer. There's like. 10, 15, 20 courses that you can just like go through and uh, just A to Z it. Go for it.
1: Yeah, dude. Frontendmasters.com. Uh, I had there was a comment you made about <laughs> that was my favorite thing last episode, I think, about the about the, the CSS nesting, and they're like, you're like, don't tell us you're going to pave the cow paths, the dot pave the cow paths with with the thing, which is just a a funny thing. There's no progress on that necessarily, but it made me think about cow paths and stuff again. The metaphor there, listeners, if you're unsure, is kind of a web standards thing that gets tossed around that says like, hey, you know, if you want the web platform to do something, just do it without the web platform i.e. make a preprocessor, make a library, polyfill it, prolyfill it, whatever, do one of these things. And if it's popular, the web platform can then step in and say, oh, okay, clearly a lot of you are doing this. We're going to codify it. We're going to make the web platform like this. There's all kinds of examples of it, but a, a big one is jQuery and how... Pretty much everything from jQuery has made its way into the platform to the point where you don't really need jQuery anymore. Everybody knows that one, but, you know, it's it's happened in other ways. You know, we obviously needed variables in CSS, preprocessors kind of did that, then the platform comes in and says, hey, we can do everything, almost everything that a preprocessor variable can do, but we'll make them a little bit better. That one's a little iffy because they didn't, you know, they didn't quite give us everything that sas variables can do but they did it better <laughs> they did it better
0: and and so I will like give credit like at first yeah. I was just like no idiots dollar sign <laughs> right like, I probably didn't say that in the show because I was trying to have friends I'm way past that now right. that was 10 yeah. years ago <laughs> but I you know it was like no idiots dollar sign just make it like sas but it is better so I I will give you that I mean I think var dash dash is a little kludgy but you know it. Whatever it works. So yeah, it's not my favorite syntax. The how you have to
1: wrap the var thing around it, but uh, you know the saving throw there is that the because it's a function. Then you get that cool comma syntax at the end of it for a fallback, and yeah, that's actually decently powerful. So I'll take it.
0: I'll take it. Uh, yeah, it's there's. I get the reason. I I just but right dollar, dollar. like that's that was the right answer. But this is a good. It's good. But I think the way they cascade is actually super cool. So yeah, I mean that's
1: just amazing. And then the JavaScript APIs are there for it, and the performance is good. And there's just a million things to to like about it. To the point where the usage, I assume, is pretty freaking high. You know, I think it's entered developers' brains properly. I wish there was kind of a measurement you could do uh, uh, for that. I think, I think layers is going to be slower <laughs> on that just because yeah. it's not as clear of a use case. There's a very clear use case that's just like, we put the word red a lot. Or you know, our brand, mm-hmm. our brand color. And I don't want to type it. I want to change it in one place. I mean, it's just a very clear. But nesting, you know, the the, the cow paths were, were were paved there too. And then we're the only reason we're not getting, you know, identical SAS nesting, which doesn't have the same concerns really as you know, there's, you know, there's cascading isn't relevant there in a way. You know, like it's just mm-hmm. nesting. It's just expand the selector. It's fine. Uh, but there was some kind of uh, infinite look ahead problem, whatever. So it couldn't happen. I, I, you know, maybe they wanted to pave the cow path, but couldn't,
0: you know, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like the only thing we lost, right, was like the and the BEM style, like, um, right, like which card. Is, we've
1: been told that will never work
0: ever. Yeah. So like that a, one's just out. Although, so you have like a card at the top and then nested, you have and dash, dash, left or whatever, you know, Yeah, that's not going to exist. And I'm okay with that. I kind of hated, I don't know, again, big opinions, Dave here, uh, is I kind of hated that together. I I just, it's not (laughs) greppable. Like I cannot find it in my code base that be, that therefore becomes unmaintainable code in my humble opinion. Like I'm sure you have a trick. Exactly, it's but... gone,
1: and it had, the the only advantage to it at all was was that it kept specificity at that one class level layer. Yeah, and I have generally been a fan of of keeping specificity flat. You know, so I get the the intention there, but I'm just starting to care less about that. I certainly care more about maintainable code than I do about most other yeah.
0: things. You know, I'm. I'm curious when people are... I mean, we have to wait on Firefox, I think, right? But, like, I'm curious when, like, it'll feel normal, you know, because it didn't feel normal to write CSS variables until somewhat, you know, I don't, I would say, like, three years ago, you know, it wasn't... didn't feel normal, right? Because um, the code-based Luro, the refactor on spacing I just did, I'm using lots of variables down type variables, you know, like, for our type ramp, and then I'm using... Um, you know, some SAS uh, or sorry, spacing ramps too. Like, and those are generating a bunch of classes and stuff like that. Like that was, I, I didn't do it in variables originally because it was like painful, um, or, or just like maybe it doesn't work in edge or something like that. And that's all changed. Um, in the like the two years or whatever, this code base has existed. You know, we didn't even use SAS variables because it was like in view components, you have to like import your vars file. And then, and, then, and I just was like, this is stupid. I'm just going to write one rem. So we actually have a lot of duplicate values and stuff like that. Mm. yeah, I don't know. I, I the variable story has been cool to see. I'm just doing it very nice. You know, I'm refactoring, but. I'm looking forward to that day when I can just be like, you know what? I'm just going to delete the SAS transpilation here in this step. And this is going to be a pure CSS thing. So it, it, I think we're close. I don't know. I like, right. Like, I uh, think so. It, yeah. So. Let's call Gutter. Let me check on our old drunk friend, Firefox real quick. So can I use, <laughs> when is nesting showing up in Firefox? Um, good question Flag? No. oh that's great yeah no it's not it's not there you know this is one of those things
1: where I I kind of heard that browsers had secret builds of this stuff way way ahead of time because people have wanted nesting since like 2008 you know yeah it's not like a
0: thing yeah it's behind a flag and edge weirdly Uh, it's in the new 16.5 Safari uh, which I think is that the new one that's out right now but um and then it's in the uh, one whatever. Uh, let's see, one thirteen build of Chrome. So nice.
1: Yeah. So soon. There's plenty of stuff I want to see them pick up, but uh, you know, I'm I I am just gonna cheer them on because every time I've thought like, ah, oh, we'll never get that in Firefox, they have delivered over the last few years. So. Let's just keep delivering,
0: shall we? That sounds and they great. They do some fly by night deliveries too. They, they kind of just say, like, cool, everything's here. Like, so yeah. maybe it'll show up. So, right.
1: Yeah. Uh, here's a, you know, I, th- I brought all that up and to rehash again because of, because of the cow paths thing. And I, I wonder what you think about this as a cow path or at least a, yeah, yeah, as a cow path, I guess. And it's this concept of block links, meaning, you know, like like I brought up with the with the bootstrap thing or whatever, a card. Freaking, so many websites have a card. I know you've had thoughts about cards over the years. Like, it's just a little website or whatever, it's a you know,
0: baby website, right? You put a whole whole little baby website. Same with modals, baby websites.
1: But but what I'm getting at is the linkable cards, where where for whatever reason the business requirement, if I can call it that, or at least that's what's being talked about in meetings, is that you can click anywhere on the card in which to go to the link. Now, this was exciting when HTML5 dropped because for the first time in a while, it was semantically okay to wrap whatever you want in an A tag. So you can wrap Mm -hmm. an image and an H3 and a paragraph all together uh, and put it in a link. And people did. And we we're like, oh, cool. You know, this solves lot. that problem. Yeah. Thanks for black links. You could even make the A itself display block so you wouldn't have little gaps in the clickable area. Uh, and then, you know, accessibility, people got, you know, <laughs> and it's not the people's fault. It's that what happens accessibility-wise to that is if you tab to the link or use some other technology that shows you the text of the links on the page, Every bit of the text that's in there is the link text, which will be read, which is too much. Usually too much. It's too much.
0: Yeah. It's uh, the best way to put it is like noisy, right? Like, sure. Like you want to see the link to or or like go to the link for the whatever cool T-shirt and you're getting a whole recipe read to you
1: Including or whatever. The price yeah. of the t-shirt or whatever, you know, like you that's not necessarily something you, you need to know. And so I think it's kind of been a no a no-no, and I mm-hmm. don't hate that as general advice. So, okay, you can't wrap the A around everything. Maybe you could put an ARIA label around it, but then you're 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 probably wiping out other information that then becomes inaccessible. So that's not a solution to it. Okay.
0: Yeah, aria label's tricky because if <laughs> Like it's it's almost in the I bet we're headed to it's enters the do not use category. But mm. but I, I still use it. I'm full disclosure. But it's the reason being is like if you're on Dragon naturally speaking, which is like a text mm. to user interface, like text control or voice control, you know, so I could say like click uh t-shirt and it would click it, but if like if you don't know the text inside the ARIA label because it's invisible to you, the the person navigating with text, mm. how do you click text? You're like, click T-shirt? Or like maybe there's a yeah, way to okay. like, click first element in row of products or whatever. But the, I, I don't think that's possible yet.
1: I think my number one use case is like kind of repeating the text that's in in a button but there's other junk in the button and I'm trying yeah. to like wipe out the other junk
0: <laughs> right and
1: another way to do that is probably like ARIA hidden on the junk but sometimes it's harder to do anyway I, it probably it should be and don't use territory okay so that's not a solution I've seen a clever one where if there's one anchor link inside of the card, one of the things you can do is kind of position relative the card and make a pseudo element on the link cover all of the space of the card. Yeah. So now it's just a link inside. The link is just whatever the link is and you can have it have meaningful text on it. But the clickable area has become the whole card. I think that's a relatively clever solution. If everyone o- involved is okay with wiping out Almost the ability to to like select text as you as you expect to select text.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's a Chris Coy hang up, but I hate that. <laughs> I just hate it when you can't get text correctly. Right,
0: right. Like, I mean, yeah, because it can. I guess if it goes over it, or you'd maybe have to like, yeah, like do you put it under it? And pointer events none the the card. You know, there's there's. Yeah, there, there's some downsides, or that would be a particular downside. Yeah. I too am a highlight the entire friggin' page, highlight highlight as I read person. And so it's so that even would like be,
1: as a fidget thing. But yeah, I'm I mean, a a fidgeter, it, could yeah. Be, it could be thought of, I think, as an accessibility problem too, because it you know, people need to. Copy text sometimes to use in other contexts, and yeah, who are you to decide they can and can't do that? Now it doesn't totally block it because you know, depending on the white space around it, you can kind of hop in there and get what you need to. Mm-hmm. Now another consideration is there just one link, or do you want the whole card to be clickable to one place? But there's a couple of other links in there that should the clickable area should just be where they are. Yeah, that's still solvable with some z index. To pop them up above a full area and stuff.
0: Generally, you shouldn't have an interactive element inside an interactive element. That would be a... Okay, so it's breaking that. Or validation failure, but... Hmm, Interesting.
1: See, how many... Like, we're not even done with the list of trouble yet.
0: There's so much trouble. One approach I do is I make the image clickable and the title clickable. So I'm, like, double linking. So I'm probably killing my SEO... But like I've said like no this thing's clickable and this thing's clickable very explicit and then if you want to put little actions those are also clickable it's I, I it's not the best either right so mm-hmm. yeah so I've seen a couple of decent
1: solutions to this uh, not the I don't wouldn't say they're perfect or anything but there's one where it uses some JavaScript in the text selection API to Ooh. do to know if text is selected and if text is selected then not follow the link like prevent default on the link until,
0: mm-hmm. until
1: or, or something like that. And then there's a Hayden Pickering one where he, he, he has kind of a set timeout essentially that's like that can... <laughs> Test what your intention is mm-hmm. on clicking the card. So two like little kludgy JavaScript solutions to the to the clickable card thing. And so this is what I mean by cowpath. Might be a little difficult, but this is a need of of sorts. And so is it best left to? Well, there's too many different requirements for the card, so it, we can't offer anything. Or is there something the web platform could do to to help with this? all clickable situation.
0: I mean the oldest right is li on click window.location, you know. Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's is that okay? Cuz if there's a if there's an anchor link inside anyway, like a smaller one, it's not harming assistive technology user because they can still get to that link.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's technically a progressive enhancement, so maybe it's okay. I mean, you still have the double link issue, right? But um, Yeah, but it's not really a link, you know, like a web crawler wouldn't see it. To make it a full link, you would need to like tab index, you'd need to support enter keys and, you know, not just click or whatever, so... Um, it's like the yeah. div is a button issue, you know, which everyone likes to complain about. Right, right. I don't
1: mind that as a kind of an enhancement kind of thing. Although, you know, the fact that it's a surprise isn't great. You'd probably have to do styling and add some affordances, as it were, to to make it seem like Okay, yeah, this is gonna go somewhere when I click yeah. even in this white space up here. And it it, it doesn't help the text selection thing either. Mm-hmm. Like that not, now I've gone to select some text, and, and as a matter of fact, I might click, drag, select the text, unclick, and then whoop, I'm gone. Yeah. Is yeah. that counted as a click? And you're like, oh come on, you know? Yeah. That's where I think the, the text selection API comes in. Like if I click, unclick. And I don't have any text selected. Fine, go to the link. But if I click, drag, and I can tell in JavaScript that there's text selected, then don't follow the link.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. There's tricky. I, I think there should be something. One thing that gets me, and I think it's the same issue, but it's slightly different, is on Amazon. I like steal author names a lot, but often they're in a link tag, like on Amazon's little book page, and. Um, and so it like, then it like opens up the author page and then I'm in the author page and I can steal the name. But like, it was, you know, it showed me a card first and then it showed me the author page and then I have to go to the other. It would just, sometimes it would just be more useful if I could just steal the author name. <laughs> like, uh, But uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, you're right. Like it would be, I don't know. It, I think there's a need to define these patterns and make more elements. Uh, That's where I'm going to live. That's
1: what I was going to say is, uh, uh, this could be a pretty good web component.
0: It could be a good web component, and that's probably where it should start. You know, it's like, let's solve this in the best possible way, you know, as a web component, Shop it around. And it can it can it can be opinionated
1: too. It can be like, oh well, we do the I don't know, the one where it uses the pseudo element because we know what the trade-offs are, but that's what this web component does. So if you don't like what this web component does, then make a different web component. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to solve every one in the
0: world. It's stupid that we all have to go through and copy paste these from the blog posts and put these in the thing like it should just be web components there should be a lot more like like if you're like you know what gets me is like when somebody's like hey this is the accessible drop down like this is how you do it i'm like okay let me see all right you're using jquery 1.2 great um that's like not gonna work for me so either i have to rewrite all your jquery or what you're using like you know, it's 600 lines of like vanilla JavaScript. Cool. Um, now I got to think about where this copy paste and what class names you used, and I have to put that in my thing. You know, web components. Yeah. Like, if your solution, like if your little blog post solution doesn't come with a web component, why? I don't, why'd you do that? So it's mm-hmm. not, it's, it doesn't go anywhere, I guess, is what it goes less places is maybe what I want to say. It, your solution goes less places if it doesn't have a web component attached to it. I like it.
1: Yeah, we know that HTML is kind of the slowest moving of all the all the specs and such and we've really felt that over our careers it was interesting to see relatively recently the search element get dropped it was a little light on news I thought the, I think the point is that you wrap a search control around it so I think yeah. it just has an implied ARIA role search on it which you should put on the search element if you use it now because it hasn't rolled out to all browsers that it would have that role but eventually you'll not need to put that role on it because the role will be implied which is not search results. It's just the search form itself. Search so. form specifically.
0: right? Yeah. So and the, and It's a little tricky there. It was a tricky too. Cause like, you know, we have input type equals search, I think actually, right? Cause and it gives you like a little, uh, it does clear little... your, clear your uh, cursor thing. You used thing. to get a magnifying glass or something in, in yeah. Safari. I think that's gone now. Maybe that's probably gone. But, but the thing was you had to actually wrap it in a form and then put, role equals search on the form. Oh, because you didn't get that role for free. you didn't get or... that role for free. Mm-hmm. And now I think you have to wrap the whole form in the search element, which is, uh, you know, smidge, like, oh, wait, yeah. we changed it. Well, somebody made an HTML change. So, wow. We'll t- <laughs> yeah, an HTML got changed. We should celebrate it. I, I do think that's, It's a trend of like, we probably just need to take these ARIA roles and make elements like tab and tab list and blah, blah, blah. Like, I hate to be, you know, list box, combo box. Do you know the difference, Chris? I sure don't. Mm. We should probably just have an element for it. You know, like Mm -hmm. they're working on select menu to fix the select box to make it styleable. Pop-up is not an element. It's going to be be an attribute, so. I have something stuck in my
1: brain where you know, Mm site, block block quote and site. Like, I I was afraid of it for a while because I heard that you're not supposed to put like I don't know, for example, if you want to pave the cow pass, pave the cow pass, Dave Rupert. Like that the, the text would be the block quote, and then I'd say cite Dave Rupert. That that's wrong, that that's not a citation yeah. or something. And I, I never really understood why or whatever. And then at some point my brain just said, I don't, I literally don't care anymore. That's what I'm putting in the cite element. So yeah. Just forget it. Like, I can't just, I don't get it. And then to see that like, that's basically what WordPress does. You know, they have a, they have a block thing in in their block editor. And when you put a, you can put whatever you, you know, there's like a UI for it. You put the text and then in smaller text in the editor itself, it says, you know,
0: put a, put a person that, you're
1: qu- quoting or whatever and it just comes out as a site so i'm like ah, if they do it i can do
0: it is it inside the block quote or is it outside that's i the, think it's inside I good it's inside. yeah just <laughs> dirty break all jam the jam it in there yeah, yeah that's how uh, i roll uh yeah no i mean you got i that's how i do it too I, I mean i think they updated the definition of site to sort of be broader um but in you know i think another one was like details d d or no sorry dl the definition list or they you know you had to like dd or D, dt definition title dd definition definition and they actually now you can wrap your dd and dt dt and dd in a div or something like that you can have not arbitrary elements inside a dl now which helps with styling. Just expanded DL, that, not a UL or a OL. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. See, why, what are we doing? But anyway. Yeah. <laughs>
1: know, it's pretty weird, but I get there's less reason for it there, or that would break up number styling or something. I don't know.
0: Right. Um, it would probably actually cause a lot of web pages to start behaving differently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just very poorly coded pages might su- suddenly start working or something. Yeah.
1: Speaking of a little accessibility thing, I've read. I wish I if you remember it tell me because I want to quote the source of it. it was it was kind of like a here's a couple of accessibility things you should know or it's from you know somebody that heavily uses a screen reader here's some things that are annoying for me and one yeah. of those emo- emoji lists mm-hmm. is like could we could we stop with the emoji lists where every bullet is a different emoji. Um, Right, which I, which I, it got stuck in my head because I see it a lot in the like, particularly, you know, I don't, (laughs) pretty much off the Twitter, but you know, at the heavy times there, that was a, you know, the productivity grifters or whatever they were with that was a, that was a mandatory thing. But even you see it in PRs, you know, and yeah, public ones Uh, anyway, and stuff like that,
0: and yeah, um, yeah, everything.
1: I've even seen you can even ask you know Chat GPT to do it, you know. You make a bulleted list and use a different emoji for each bullet or whatever. I think I mm-hmm. think I saw Simon Williamson thing where he he uses it for that. Or no, it was somebody else. It was Paul Stimato, you know that guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 wrote a browser extension that on any given article, you can just click a thing and it'll send it through Chat GPT and produce a summary for him with emoji bullets or whatever. Now that's fine because that's just for him, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but, his uh, own curse. Yeah, (laughs) but the point is, you know, it's obnoxious when you're going through a list that it's that it's just. uh...
0: Yeah, I mean, if you think about how it reads, like you can, I I recommend Edge has this read aloud thing. You can like listen to your pages. Um, But yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like eyeballs, new (laughs) spacing updates, uh, you know, fireworks, a uh, whatever, uh, (laughs) fixed bugs, you know, green insect Fix bugs. You and know? You're like that's not
1: adding a lot to the party. I'm
0: afraid you it know? adds noise. It's a signal versus noise problem, right? Like right, and it adds a lot of visual signal, but it adds a lot of aural noise. I would say. Right. Well, I will say that there, there. Uh, if if
1: you really wanted to do this and really not be annoying, and you had CSS access to the page that it's being rendered on, there is a CSS thing called at counter. Dash style that allows you to set up what symbols you want to use for a list for a you know oh. list. So you know how I don't you just make up a name like you do with at keyframes, right? At keyframes, yeah. Dave. You can write at counter style, Dave, and then in the in the list style, you say list style, Dave, or whatever. And then you put a symbols property in the at property of counter style and put whatever emojis and crap you want in there. And I ha- I wanna test this. I haven't done it yet. I I assume it they're largely ignored by a screen reader, you know. Mm-hmm. You go to that list and it's it's just like they're a bullet or a number or whatever. And that it's not gonna read eyeballs. So I'd like to I'd like right, to try right. it. Right.
0: I would assume it works the same. Yeah. I guess you'd have to have a, a very consistent system or uh or art direction, I guess, to do it kind of. It supports images too. I didn't know that. That's cool.
1: I got it. I got. Now that we're on the CSS banger thing, I got one for you for Luro. All right, hit me. Just you don't have to. You don't have to use it, but if you want to, you can. There's Go for it. uh There's a sidebar on the left and Luro and the content on the right. Right, tried and true. And there's little arrows f- for expanding and contracting. Right. Yep. Uh, the different sections of Luro that you can navigate to. Well, that aside, also, if you have a short enough screen, it'll be a scroll bar, which is the right thing to do, right? Because it's, you know, otherwise, how would you see the rest of your your thing there? So it has overflow Y auto on it. Yep. You can chuck on that same element, scroll bar gutter stable. <gasps> and if you put that on there, it won't move the little stupid arrow when the scroll bar appears and and disappears. Oh, it doesn't indent. Oh, interesting. Just a little bonus because w- without that, the little arrow moves to make room for the scroll bar if it's there and then not there. Yeah. So you have to be in that perfect situation where expanding one opens a scroll bar. But it's just a nice. It's almost like one of those things that should be in a reset style sheet because you're like, yeah, be stable.
0: Who wants the janky shifty? So, what? sorry, what's it called? It's scroll bar, what scroll, scroll bar dash gutter, gutter stable, it's stable. Yeah, oh my goodness, it's a nice oh one, isn't goodness. it? Oh, no, I've done something. Oh, oh, that's beautiful. Oh, so it kind of just pretends there's a scroll bar there at all times, huh?
1: Yeah, that's the downside <laughs> okay. is that if your design if you're if you prefer the design kind of hugging closer to the to the outside that's not possible so
0: but we could plan for this we could just shorten the padding on you know like yeah, you if could. we we just you pretend there's always a scroll bar there you just have no padding right basically that's awesome <laughs> i'm sold i didn't know about that one yeah that's cool I can't That's, remember how that crossed my path. but so
1: it was been on my brain and then and then I was in Luro and I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if that works. And I just did it in DevTools and it worked. I'm like, whoa I'm gonna
0: tell. Dude? It's funny. That's uh in our sticky header footer component. We have yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a but uh the footer is not sticky on that one, but um it could be, it probably should be. But um it's funny how easy this stuff is getting. I mean, you know, you used to have like to have to do millions of miles of JavaScript, and now it's just like Sticky header footer, cool. Uh, Yeah, the top one is sticky. (laughs) Position sticky top zero. Like it is getting so incredibly easy to sort of do this stuff. So I'm looking at the CSS literally that we wrote, you know, two years ago or so. Kind of, you know, we prototyped a lot and built out stuff. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm looking at it now, and I'm just like, man, this is like half of this doesn't need to exist anymore. We we could just delete half of this you know like it's so easy to get this stuff going now um so there, there's still work to do obviously but um it's css is getting so easy now i will say one that is part part of a problem is like you know it's so easy to do like display flex gap 10 pixels that mm-hmm. we overdid it and so we actually like took a step back and we wrote like Two components: a V stack and an H stack, like horizontal and vertical stacking components. You know, so like, yeah, just to do like gap in a vertical stack, and so it's like V stack size small rather than like people just making up sizes. We have like a very set of predefined sizes, you know. Yeah, um, and that's been a little revolutionary for us. Like, uh, you know, I, I think like, you know, you're gonna have some kind of container anyway around most list of items, you know? Yeah. Um, and we're using, like, a view feature where we can change that into an element. Like, uh, it's the view component component. Um, but, like, we can change that into a heading, header element if we want or something like that. But um, mm. uh, but it's added so much consistency. Not, it's not on every page, but, like, it's on most pages right now. And, like, man, you feel it. It's, like... The, the difference between a page that is, <laughs> like when you get to a page that hasn't had the consistency, the spacing rollout yet, uh, you're like, you feel it. It's, it's a weird, spacing is a weird thing where you feel it yeah. more than you can describe it. And so when you're on a consistent, ultra consistent page, you just feel... Feel better. So what
1: is you did you are you saying you, you you have a component for spacing now that's has that one job because that got that's, hot for a minute and
0: Yeah yeah it's well yeah. it's not like a it's not like a spacer component you chuck in the middle like cuz uh, we want to control spacing at the parent that's kind of the decision we made we had a bunch oh, of spacing I see. classes at par- the, the child yeah. oh, we had a bunch okay. of spacing classes sort of like we we were very verbose we called it like spacing bottom md or for medium or something like that right but that yeah. would be like the equivalent to like tailwind like m b4 or something like that mb5 yeah yeah, you know? yeah so whatever you can think of it like that if that helps you but what we found was we were very inconsistent about what number or or spacing size we used all over the app right so we were just like eyeballing it from the figma and being like okay that's a small so let's just Let's use that, right? Mm-hmm. And now we have, we had like 500 spacing classes littered throughout the app. We probably still do. It's probably less now, but like 500 different spacing classes and nothing was like cohesive. And so, or you were feeling that incohesion. So, uh, we just kind of made these spacing components to just make it really consistent. So, yeah, it's um,
1: interesting. So, it's, it's, it's generally grid or is it always grid?
0: It's, it's mostly grid. I went, uh, Flex for the horizontal, uh, just because like flex has wrapping, like better wrapping, in my opinion. Um,
1: yeah, but doesn't it? is it, and you don't find it's like being too strong about like how wide or something some of those children should be?
0: No, no. And we added like, um, little attributes you could chuck on the children, like grow and shrink and, um, mm. like justify a space between, um, so, so some... I,
1: I could see what the temptation would be to use Gap because, I mean, Gap has just been a great for CSS, right? Like, just in the middle, please. Mm-hmm. Although it's interesting to see, now that we're talking about newest CSS things, that this margin trim property is dropping, meaning you can say, hey, children, all of y'all have margin right or more likely margin inline end to rem or something for spacing. And then just say margin trim inline end. And it just won't put that margin on the last one. Wow! Yeah, which is that's gap. That's what gap does. And it, but it's gap without without needing gap a, a parent that is flex or grid. You know, which is cool. I you know I, I don't know if that will. It's just nice to see a great idea like gap. The best part of it come to other parts of CSS. Come back like, to like sh-
0: margin itself. Yeah, like so you don't have to. You know, we're probably overdoing it on the grids, but you know, you actually like do get this. Well, who cares? Yeah, but like you, when, you know, the inspecting, and you're just like, make it purple, please, and you see the grid gaps all highlighted. Mm, mm, chef's kiss. It feels so good. So, um, but yeah, it, it's been. Been like a few weeks of work to like redo the entire spacing and heading sizes of your app, like. Mm. Um, and we kind of made a controversial decision on our, um, you know, like type ramps, like an H one style, H two, H three, but you call it like dot H one, dot H two, dot H three, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. however you're doing it, right? Spacing large, small, medium, large, or text one, two, three.
1: I always used to like that idea because it's like then I can you know. use the use the semantic and accessibility correct h element without caring about what size it comes with I'll just be explicit about which and then I I don't think I ever ended up you know coming to fruition on that very often
0: but and what the reverse I think happens to you're just like oh I don't know h5 h5 so like you're just like that's an h5 now so that's what it'll be and we'll fix it later but um, we we actually just were like, you know what? We are like, we have all these heading styles everywhere, just like our spacing styles, and we they are inconsistently applied. So we just said, you know what? We're not using those anymore. They still exist, but we're not using those anymore. We have page heading, and that's literally the friggin' page heading H1. Yeah. We have section heading, that's your H2. Those comes below the pages, and we have subheading like, which is inside a section. So that's what we do. And, you know, it's usually always like H1 page heading, H2 subheading, but not always, you know. So there's section heading, yeah. sorry. But but we just were like, man, we are just dying under <laughs> all these kind of CSS best practices, you know. And maybe that's a, what is it? Best practices don't scale. Adam, wait, <laughs> uh hot take. But um, yeah. what's nice about CSS is you can Rethink what's working for you and not working for you and then you just go fix it, you know? Like, you're not, you can build your own systems and, you know, figure out what works and doesn't and you just build it how you want it. Mm.
1: Indeed. It's just because we've managed to talk about a hundred cool HTML and CSS things. We'll round it out by mentioning that trigonomic functions are available in CSS now. So
0: or at least sine, starting to drop. Cosine, cosine. and uh, tan. Is tan in there? I <laughs> um, think, but I don't know. One, two, ten. Uh, I don't know anything about this other than Dan Wilson uh, had a really good blog post on him. Um,
1: yeah, that's what I'm looking at here too. You gotta count on Dan for doing new stuff like this. I assume Anna Tudor will be breaking uh, the bracket. <laughs> yeah, cuz I probably used I think they're probably in SAS and would probably use that to to pull it off, but you know, whatever, mine as well. These seem like no brainer to me to if there's any need at all, just slap it in the language. You know, it's like it doesn't harm anything at all. It's just mm-hmm. the ability to do a simple calculation on a single number. Yeah, you should Might as well drop that in there and see what cool stuff people do with it, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, you know what's cool about that is um, I hadn't really thought of it, but like text on a circle, right? Like you'd have to split it up with like lettering or splitting or something, you know, but Mm. you you like positioning text in a circle or numbers on a clock. I've seen a demo of that. Yeah. Like that's hard. (laughs) that's actually not great. It
1: just came up the other day because I, did you see my dumb little, I did a clock demo. What was it? It was like, the uh, Apple watch thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's what
1: it was is that, is that Apple watch has this watch face where the numbers on the watch face use variable fonts, meaning, and it's the, San Francisco by Apple is really it could go really fat and really skinny. It's Mm -hmm. like surprising. I found that the shipping version on Mac OS doesn't go as skinny or as fat as the one on the the watch watch for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um but I, you know, I just p- faked it, you know, in the, in the browser with a range input where you could just slide it and it would do that. But I had to think about how you put, p- put numbers on a watch and it's like less intuitive than you'd think. It's not just like take the numbers and then, and then rotate them exactly exactly perfectly all the way around. Because yeah. it's like when you get to the bottom, you don't want the six to be upside down. Because then it looks like a nine. So when you get to the bottom, the six is actually right side up.
0: Yeah yeah
1: you know what i mean which is just a weird one and then when you get to the 9 on the left it i think it kind of depends on the other other design things that are happening on the one it's watch. not just
0: a pure rotate it's like a no it's not yeah yeah, yeah it's weird cuz you're getting into radians and all the stuff i like just understood in high school geometry but like totally punted on You know, I just was like, yeah, I get it, but I'm like going to remember it the least of all the things I'm going to remember about high school. So, um, I, it's, it's, um, pretty compelling, you know, like I haven't, we're getting all this new stuff and I don't, don't know how it all comes together yet for me, but it it is pretty cool. Um, so I guess it's good. We're paving, paving some cow paths, like trigonometry and stuff like that so Uh,
1: yeah yeah like i said i think it's just cool that it's it's in there and it's it's, it just doesn't have to be controversial because it's like it's not changing the language in any fundamental way it's just a simple math function yeah like yeah yeah ship it sounds great put square root in there too or something who cares (laughs) Sounds great random
0: random 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 Eh? That would be controversial. Yeah. <laughs> I think if, so, wouldn't it? If yep. uh random happens, I'm sure Dan quits his job and only makes code pens for the rest of his <laughs> life. That's uh <laughs> so. yeah. So yeah, good times. Well, should we stop there? I guess that's a lot of new hey, CSS and good. stuff to to parse through. <laughs> um all right. Uh thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your podcaster of choice. Star Heart favorite up, that'd be noise. I'm here rapping to the beat. Join us in the Discord. Get on your feet. You know where you gotta go. Patreon.com slash shop talk show. Chris, you got anything else to say? No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I should have I should have backed you up man I'm a bad I should have beatboxed at least Oh
0: yeah you could uh what is it where you add the ad-lib you call, yeah and you could like go yeah uh-huh. uh-huh Oh yeah like Biggie Biggie style yeah that'd be good next time All right man chopdckshop.com